Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I'm an intuitive tarot reader and professional astrologer. And welcome to my podcast where I talk about different esoteric ideas and break them down and make them easy to understand for everybody. Welcome. If you're new here, um, I'm so glad that you're here listening with me or listening, listening to me this week. And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back. As always, I'm so glad and grateful that you guys are here and you're listening to the show and that I get to sort of talk with you guys every single week. So for this week, I just kind of wanted to talk about the natal chart and just kind of refresh you guys on like what the natal chart is in astrology and then I thought it'd be fun to talk about 10 things that you can actually learn from your natal chart which that's like not even scratching the surface because there is so much that you can learn from looking at someone's natal chart like there's some astrologers out there I'm I'm not one of these astrologers yet, but there are some astrologers out there that are so good at reading a chart that they can tell you about like your brother's neighbor or like what your children's friends will be like. Um, There's actually, there is a way to do that in astrology and it's not actually super complicated. I I read about it in a book a little while back, but it does get kind of confusing and it, it is something that you can find out just by looking at a natal chart. Yeah, so today I figured I would talk about 10 things you can learn from reading your natal chart. Before I get into that, though, I just want to like kind of go over really quick what a natal chart is, because I think when I talk about a natal chart or a birth chart, sometimes like people just like don't even know what that means. Like people know what astrology is, but I don't think they always realize that like you have this entire chart. Your chart is literally just the way I explain it is that your chart is like a snapshot of um, where all the planets were in the sky the day you were born and all those planets, you know, their their own energies those have their own influence on us and that influence carries carries on with us throughout our lives. I definitely believe that we kind of grow in and out to different parts of the natal chart like as we as we get older like sometimes certain parts resonate with us more than others but eventually you kind of do start to go through and feel all these energies over the course of your lifetime because we just we have different we have different lessons that we need to learn at different um, stages in our life so that's kind of what the natal chart is for anyone who's wondering or was confused about that um, I feel like it's been a while since I've done any sort of like astrology related episode so I figured I would just do one today. All right so I'm just gonna dive on in and go over 10 things that you can learn from reading your natal chart. So the first thing that I have written down here is the first thing that you can learn from your natal chart is important lessons and also like not just important lessons but also you know important karmic lessons things that you were meant to learn in this lifetime I definitely believe in divine timing and that we're all born and put on here this and put here on this earth at a certain time for a certain reason and you can definitely learn about some of these things through your natal chart so yeah and mostly what you want to look at like especially when it comes to karmic lessons I mean like I said, everything in your life is kind of some sort of a lesson. Um, But when I think of like the main karmic lessons that we need to learn, um, I'm usually looking at the more malefic planets. So like Saturn and Pluto, where those fall in a natal chart, because where those are in your natal chart, they're going to show some of those really big lessons and not like the easy lessons. They're going to show more of like the the lessons where you really had to transform or struggle a little bit or work hard for your lessons. So like with Saturn, Saturn's a very like 
authoritative planet and Saturn's all about boundaries and limits and restrictions. And so wherever Saturn is in your chart is going to show where, you know, you might feel restricted or you might have to work a little extra hard to reap the rewards of Saturn because that's what Saturn's about. It's about doing the work and doing hard work in order to get its reward. You know, that's, you know, why we have like our Saturn return when we turn 30. Everyone kind of dreads the Saturn return because it can be hard if we don't learn the lessons that Saturn has been trying to get us to learn over and over again up until now. And then Pluto... Pluto's another malefic planet that shows a lot of transformation and change. And again, that's what it, that's what Pluto's all about. It's about letting go of what no longer serves you and trans transforming. And so wherever Pluto is in the natal chart, it's going to show where you transform. And it also rules death, which again, death sounds like negative. And I'm not saying that Pluto is going to show like how you'll die or when you'll die, although I guess in a way it's possible, but really the way I try to look at it is this is like the area of your life where you really need to transform and change. So like for me, just as an example, Pluto falls in my ninth house, which your ninth house is all about higher learning, spirituality, religion, education, and that sort of thing. And definitely throughout my life so far, I've had to undergo that that transformation through my spirituality and my religious beliefs and there's a lot of things I had to let go of because I just found that they were no longer serving me. So yeah, there's a lot of like major themes and lessons that can show up in your natal chart just by looking at those two planets. And obviously like every planet has its own lessons that they can teach us in different ways. You know, like some of them, like you have Jupiter, which is like one of the benefic planets. Jupiter is less about that hard work, although Jupiter does have its own downsides. Jupiter is all about expansion and good luck and fortune and happiness and where we find that happiness in our natal chart. The, the lessons I feel like aren't so tough with Jupiter. The only issue with Jupiter, however, is because it's about expansion, sometimes wherever Jupiter is in the natal chart, it can show where we're overdoing things or where we're taking too much or like, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. Basically, like it, it can show certain things of like, you know, we're either like it really I mean, it depends a lot on where it is. But basically, like because it's about expansion, like sometimes that expansion is too much. And that's why we have Saturn, which is about restriction, which kind of reels it in a little bit, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that's the first thing that you can learn from looking at your natal chart. The second thing that you can learn from your natal chart is shadow work. And I feel like this isn't commonly talked about, but it's something that I cover in all of my natal chart readings because I just find it's very important and I think that my clients should know about it. So you can actually learn a lot about your shadow side through your natal chart. More specifically, you can learn about that through your first house and your seventh house or your ascendant and descendant is what they're called. And that that area of your chart is always so fascinating to me because it's kind of like this double-sided mirror where it shows, you know, how we appear to the world and how other um, people see us, but it also shows how we perceive others and like who we think we're supposed to be, like the role that we're supposed to play. It also shows like the type of people we can like tend to attract. And it also shows the, the type of people that we might find ourselves being attracted to. And whatever signs fall in your first and seventh house, they're always going to be opposite signs because that's just the way the natal chart wheel works. Whatever's on the other side of one sign, it's always going to be their opposite sign. And so you can learn a lot about your shadow side just from looking at the first and the seventh house. My favorite example of this is like for me, for example, like I'm an Aquarius rising, which is a very humanitarian sign. We're like the activists of the Zodiac. We really like to 
be humanitarian and be that voice for you know people who can't speak up for themselves and we're like that type of sign that's like vegan and all about like you know human rights and animal rights and like all we get behind a lot of these causes is what I'm trying to say and on the other end of that though you have Leo which Leo is a little not that Leos can't be humanitarian but they're less known for being humanitarian and Leos are a little more like tend to be a little more self-absorbed in a way and again, that's not to say that all Leos are like that. Even like my, I have two siblings that are Leos and I know that they're not always like selfish as a lot of people would put it. But it's interesting because there's this whole dynamic where Aquarius is more about like, you know, the greater good and humanity. And then on the other end of that, you have Leo, which is like all about me, which, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, Leo's ruled by the sun and all the planets like revolve around the sun. So it's like, everybody look at me like I'm so great and I'm funny and special and blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, the point I'm trying to make here is that that's how those two signs sort of play off of each other, right? As opposite signs. So for me with my Aquarius rising, like I come off as being like very humanitarian, maybe even a little bit rebellious. Um, I really try to do things and care for like the greater good of humanity. But on the other end of that, though, is is Leo on my my descendant. So even though like I think that I play this role of being this super humanitarian person, um, my shadow side is that I can sometimes be really selfish. And again, it's a lesson that comes up for me time and time again. Do try, I do try to be mindful and I try to, to work on that a lot, but I'm not perfect. The amount of times I've had people tell me like, oh, you're so selfish or you're so self-absorbed or you're so blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to lie, guys. It's been a lot. <laughs> so that's one way that that shadow work kind of comes up and if you don't really know what shadow work is the best way that I can put it is so Carl Jung actually talks a lot about shadow work and I'm very into Carl Jung and if you don't know who he is he was a very famous like I don't know what you what his title would be he's like a, a very famous psychologist he was very interested in studying the mind and the subconscious mind and his work is really really fascinating and it inspires me a lot And he talks a lot about making yourself whole. And I can't remember the quote at this very moment, but he has a quote about, certainly I must cast a shadow if I am to be whole. And I don't remember if that's the quote exactly, but that's about how I remember it. So basically this concept of being whole, it comes from this idea that we need to embrace both our good traits and our negative traits and actually look at our negative traits in order to sort of integrate everything and fully acknowledge and accept ourselves. So hopefully that makes sense. And the way that shadow work tends to come out, I could probably do a whole separate episode on shadow work, and I might at some point, but the way that shadow work tends to come out is basically everything, the way we look at people is is one big projection. And this is something I learned during my NLP certification is that we we project onto other people. And so you want to pay attention to people that you like and people that you dislike even because if, if you like someone, the good news is, is that those qualities that you like about that person, you also have within yourself. And if you don't like something about someone, Pay attention to, the, to that too because the chances are you also most likely embody that quality. Another thing you can do is like pay attention to like characters when you watch like TV or like movies and just see like what characters you sort of resonate with and really be honest with yourself. Like, I don't know, like let's say you don't like someone because they're lazy and you have this idea that, you know, you're super hardworking. 
take a moment to just just be like, am I really that hardworking or do I just think that I am or I want to be that? Am I actually kind of lazy and that's why I'm projecting because I don't like this part of myself? Because that's the interesting thing about psychology and especially like the stuff that Carl Jung did is there's these parts of ourselves that we reject and we don't shed any light on them. We don't embrace them. We don't look at them. We don't work on them. We just say, oh, I'm super hardworking, even though like you might not actually be you tend to hate lazy people or whatever it's really just about acknowledging that shadow side it's exactly what it is it's it's like the parts of yourself that you reject and Jung's whole thing was you can't be a whole person if you don't accept your shadow side as well and embrace it and look at it and question it almost like why do I feel this way why do I think this way so yeah, so that's my whole tangent on shadow work. Again, I, I might do a whole podcast episode on that at some point, but just a little bit about that. Another good example when looking at astrology and shadow work is I notice this a lot with Sagittarius risings. So Sagittarius is like a very mature sign and very like they think they're very wise and they're the teacher and the guru. And something I see a lot is that sometimes these Sagittarius people will or Sagittarius rising people will be like telling everybody to like stop being so immature because with Gemini on their descendant they see everyone as being super immature and so they tell everyone like you know grow up be mature blah 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 but then meanwhile they'll do something and they'll they'll be the ones acting really immature it's interesting how how that stuff plays out and I I would just really urge you to look at your natal chart and look at the signs and just like think about like how you view other people and how you want to be viewed and like what qualities you admire and what things you reject Um, about yourself which can be really hard to do and a lot of people don't like shadow work for that reason but it's really important to look at and to think about just to develop as a person. I know the shadow work I've done has been super super helpful even though I'm sure I still have plenty more to do. I definitely encourage people to look at that and that's why whenever I do a natal chart reading for someone I always bring it up to my clients. I'm like listen I know you're probably not going to want to hear this but this is how it is and you can obviously we can talk more about it. You can tell me if it resonates or not because I know my interpretation of don't always they're not always going to make sense the way I think they do if that makes sense so I have to see what fits for the client because astrology is not it's not a black and white thing it's not a set in stone like this means this it's there's definitely room for intuition and interpretation with it because one placement even though I could interpret it one way or what it typically means still several different ways that that can play out for somebody in their personality and their chart Um, Wow, I can't believe I'm only on number two. So that was number two. The second thing you could learn was shadow work. The third thing you can learn from your natal chart is why you attract certain people. And this kind of ties in with the first house, seventh house dynamic that I was just talking about or the ascendant and the descendant. Um, You can learn why you attract certain people based on your chart. Um, You know, because sometimes like we have these weird charts, like I know I do, where my rising signs in Aquarius, which is a very detached sign. And then I have my Mars and Venus in Cancer and my, you know, sun's in Virgo, my moon's in Capricorn. So I have all this water and earth behind this air sign. And so I tend to attract a lot of air signs and, um, and fire signs, which obviously like I love most of the people I meet. (laughs) Um... So it's, it's not really like a bad thing, but it can be weird because it's like, you know, I attract these like fun and like interesting people, but then like on some level, I don't always feel like I fully vibe with them because I have like all this other stuff going on underneath the surf, underneath the surface. Um, and it can also just make relationships really weird too. Cause it's like, you know, part of me is really clingy and part of me wants all this space and it's just a whole thing, but 
if you're really curious about you know why you attract certain people into your life you know look at the signs in your chart look at the signs in someone else's chart um or you can even just look at their sun sign if you're just curious um you don't have to like go looking for their their natal chart info but like you know you might have you might be i don't know a, a leo like a fire sign and then you might have like a ton of water in your chart so that's gonna like give you like a totally different vibe from like a traditional like leo sun type of person or someone with a lot of fire in their chart um same thing like look at your your ascendant sign if you have like um your ascendant in an air sign like you're probably gonna attract a lot of other air signs and um and fire signs most likely and then whatever the opposite sign is is of your ascendant you're going to attract a lot of those into your life as well um and just for quick reference if, you, if i'm confusing anyone here the, the way you can kind of know this is just basic compatibility in astrology and obviously like i just want to say like this isn't always set in stone either because everyone's charts like interact differently so i would never say like you know, you should look at someone's chart and if they have a lot of one element that, you know, doesn't traditionally go with the element in your chart that it's not going to work um, because that's not always the case. Um, like I said, charts our charts with other people tend to interact differently. So you can't just like take a peek at someone's chart and just know instantly whether or not you're going to get along or not. Um, there, there's different types of charts in astrology that you could look at to get deeper insight, um, like a synastry chart or a composite chart. But just traditionally speaking my point is I just don't want I don't think it it's right to write someone off based on their chart because astrology is just so complex and detailed and there's so much that goes into it but again I'm getting off track but all I wanted to say is that for basic compatibility if you don't already know um so earth and water signs tend to um go together well though those traditionally tend to be um, elements that mesh well and obviously like earth signs with earth signs and water signs with water signs like you can if you're adding more of the same element those work together well and the earth signs are Taurus Capricorn and Virgo and the water signs are Scorpio Cancer and Pisces if you didn't know that already and then traditionally air signs and fire signs go really really well together um and the fire signs are Leo, Aries, and Sagittarius. And the air signs are Libra, Gemini, and Aquarius. Which, yes, Aquarius is an air sign. Um, I know a lot of people think it's a water sign because it's, it's aqua. But, um, nope, it's an air sign. So, yeah. So, that's um, another thing you can learn from the natal chart. The fourth thing you can learn about from looking at the natal chart is your career um yes you can actually learn a lot about what career would be the most fitting for you based on your natal chart and um specifically you want to look at the 10th house which is the house that's traditionally ruled by capricorn it's about your public status where you want to go in life um how how the public views you because it's a very public placement um you want to look at whatever sign or planets are in that part of your chart to kind of figure out like what what career would best suit you and a really quick easy way to do that is to just you know look at the sign that's there and um you know look at the traits of that sign and think you know like let's say you have libra on your on your 10th house or your midheaven midheaven's the other word for 10th house um and let's say that you 
you look at that you look at that and Libra's there and you would just want to ask yourself like okay what would a Libra be really good at for a career so I would think like you know you'd be really good at being um, like a fashion designer or an artist or um, a judge or a lawyer or something along those lines um, because Libra is all about beauty and aesthetics and um, it's also about fairness and you know deciding what's fair and what's right and wrong those would all be great great um, career options for someone with like Libra on their midheaven. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing that you can learn from your natal chart is how you act in relationships. So again, if you look at um, your Venus sign and possibly your Mars sign too, but we're, we're just mostly going to focus on the Venus sign because your Venus is like all about like what you find beautiful, what you're attracted to. It's also how you show affection. Um, and so your Venus can show a lot about like your behavior and your patterns in your relationships. It can also give you insight on like what kind of person you might be commonly attracted to. So if you have Venus in Aries, then you're probably really attracted to, you know, really confident people who really know how to like boss up and they're not afraid to back down from anything and they're just very confident and sure of themselves. Um, and you really like people who are natural born leaders and people who are just like large and in charge, so to speak. Um, but also though, if you have Venus and Aries, like you might be very impulsive. You might fall in and out of relationships really quickly because, um, Aries is just a very like short, I don't know how to explain it. Short, short lived, like sign. Like it's, it's like a quick flame, like you're on and then you're off, you know, it's just like, it's like that. Um, and it's a very impulsive, very high energy sign. Like you guys tend to get bored easy. So, um, So yeah, like I, again, I would just like look at the sign and then just ask yourself like how how would this sign act in a relationship? But, like, you know, my Venus is in Cancer. So, you know, in relationships, like I'm very clingy and I'm very like cuddly and like I'm like, you know, let's move in together and get a dog. Like it's very domestic um, and very like, you know, in it for the long haul type of a thing. Um, so if you like, if you are struggling with your relationships and you're like, I don't know what's going on here. You can look at your Venus sign to get more insight because you might realize like, oh, maybe you have like Venus and Scorpio, which is like one of the more difficult um, Venus signs like Venus and Aries. And, you know, when you're in Venus and Scorpio, it's like it's hard because, you know, you you might love someone a lot, but, um, you know, maybe you don't trust them or um, you're scared to show them your real feelings and it's just really, it can be hard for you to put yourself out there because you don't want to get hurt again. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say for number five. Um, moving on to number six. Um, the sixth thing you can learn about from your natal chart is abundance. You can learn all about um, how you make money and where you might get money from by looking at the natal chart. Um, specifically, if you're looking at planets, you'd want to see where Jupiter or Venus falls in your chart because those can sometimes be money indicators. So like, let's say you have Jupiter in your eighth house, that could potentially indicate that um, you might gain money from an inheritance. Um, you know, which is kind of sad and morbid to say, but like someone in, in your family might die and like leave you like a ton of money, um, or something along those lines. Um, if you have Venus in your 
second house, for example, that would be a really great placement for money because the second house is all about um, what you value um, and what you love. So, you know, that could potentially indicate like that, you know, you might be really good at making money or money might flow really easily to you. Um, you might even be able to take your talents um, because the second house also rules talents like that you have. Um, and, you know, you might be able to use those talents to make money with, with a placement like that. Um, which when it comes to money, like the second and eighth houses are really where you want to look. Um, because the second, second houses shows like how you make money um, and how you earn money. It also shows like your kind of like your self-esteem and how you value yourself. Um and it shows like how you value your money um, because that's the house of Taurus and Taurus is all about possessions. And then if you look at the eighth house, the eighth house is um, your shared finances, shared resources. It's also death, insects. Um, and I believe it's also the house of like, I want to say second marriages, but I might be thinking of the ninth house. So I'm not sure at the moment, but um the eighth house is all about that stuff. So even another way to interpret like Jupiter in the eighth house, for example, it might not be that you inherit money from someone that dies, but it might also be that like maybe you just happen to marry someone who's really rich um, or your partner is, you know, makes really good money and then you also have good money. Uh, you also have a lot of money because of it. Um, there's a there's a bunch of different ways that, you know, I could interpret it. Um, but those are all things that you can definitely find out from the natal chart. And so that was number six. Um, the f seventh thing that you can learn about from your natal chart is um, children. If you're someone who wants to have kids or even if you like maybe don't want to have kids, um, you could definitely look at your natal chart to find out some of that. Um, I watched something. I should probably do like a whole episode on this, but I did watch something recently about how um, like each house in your chart kind of shows like what each number of your kids will sort of be like. Um, but typically if you're looking at stuff about fertility or children, um, you would want to look at the fifth house. Now, if you have like no planets in the fifth house and you want children, that's okay. Um, that does not mean that you are, you know, going to be like infertile or not be able to have kids. Um, it just means that if you don't have planets there, it's not going to be as much of, um, it's not going to be like a major theme in your life, if that makes sense. Um, and it's not anything bad. It doesn't mean anything bad. Um, it just means that it might be more challenging or not more challenging. Sorry, I'm not. I don't even mean that. Um, like I said, it just it won't be as emphasized in your life is what I meant to say, um, because where the planets fall in our chart just shows different parts of our life that are more heavily emphasized than others and where we have more lessons to learn. So if you don't have any planets in your fifth house, it just means that you don't really have any lessons that you need to learn in terms of children um, or major lessons, I would say. Um, so yeah, if but if you do have planets in your fifth house, so you can learn different things like, you know, what kind of personality your children might have. Um, so for me, like I have my Venus and Mars in my fifth house. So to me, I always kind of think like, you know, okay, maybe one of my kids is going to be like, have like very Venus traits. So like maybe they're going to be um, very diplomatic and maybe they're going to be very creative um, and maybe they're going to be like really beautiful somehow, um, you know, or maybe even it's just like, what if maybe my kid ends up being a, a Taurus or a Libra? Um, and then on the other end of that, I have Mars in my fifth house. So I, which makes me think like, okay, because 
you know, Venus rules Libra, Mars rules Aries, and those are opposite signs. So then I think, you know, okay, maybe my kids are going to be complete opposite. So I'm going to have one with all these Venus traits. And then my other kid might have like all these Mars traits where, you know, they're very active and uh, less diplomatic and a little more combative and impulsive and like all over the place. Um, you know, maybe I'll have a kid who's an Aries or a Scorpio. Um, you know, that's just one way to look at it. Um, I, I actually did a reading for someone recently who had Jupiter in his fifth house and I thought it was so beautiful because, you know, sometimes Jupiter in the fifth house can indicate like having a lot of kids. Um, but in this case it was more like, you know, he really found his joy through having his kid. Like his kid was his sense of joy and what made him happy. And, um, I thought that was so beautiful. And so that's just one way to look at it. Um, and there's, there's multiple different ways. Like, you know, if Neptune's there or Pluto or Saturn, um, those are all going to have different meanings. Um, so yeah, so that's one thing you can look at. Again, I might make a step again. I keep saying this throughout the episode, but I might make a separate episode um, just about the natal chart and children because I think it's a really fascinating subject. And especially like if anyone out here is like listening and, you know, maybe you're interested in having kids soon or you're trying to get pregnant, um, it might offer a lot of insight. So that's number seven. The eighth thing that you can learn from a natal chart is um, you can get a deeper insight into your own emotions. Um, so if you look at your moon sign, your moon sign's all about your emotions and how you handle them. And I would just look at what sign they're in and what house they're in. And just see like, you know, how do you handle your emotions? If your emotions, or sorry, if your moon sign is in an air sign like Gemini or Aquarius, like you might find that you're more likely to put your emotions in a box, you know, like you're just like, okay, this is what this is. I'm going to put this here and set it over there. Um, or if you have your moon in um, Capricorn, like me, for example, you might find that you're more private about your emotions. Um, if your moon signs in Scorpio, you might find that your emotions are very intense. Um, so yeah, you can definitely gain a lot of insight into your emotions. And I think part of what's cool about that is once you cultivate that awareness of, okay, like this is my moon sign. This is how I typically tend to act. Like if you have moon in Aries and you're very impulsive or very explosive with your emotions, just knowing, like cultivating that awareness and then also looking at it and learning how to work work with it in a more constructed, constructive or like positive way um, can be really, really helpful. Because even though like there are certain things that you might struggle with, um, you can take that thing that you're struggling with and turn it into turn it into a strength almost, um, or look at it as like a lesson that you need to learn with this placement. So like for me with my moon in Capricorn and being really private with my emotions, it's like, okay, I might actually benefit from learning to be a little more open about my emotions and learning how to share those emotions a little more freely with people instead of just keeping everything to myself. Um, so that's number eight. Number, the ninth thing that you can learn from your natal chart is your talents and gifts. So I already kind of touched on this a little bit, but, um, you can learn a lot about your talents through, um, through the second house. Cause that's about, you know, what you value, how you value yourself and your talents. 
Um, you can also, like I said, I would look at your midheaven or your 10th house to learn about your talents. Um, even though that's like your career, it can still show like what you naturally might tend to be good at. Um, I would also look at like your fifth house because the fifth house is the house of creativity as well as children. Um, so if, you know, you might, if you have Venus there, like I do, for example, you might be much more creative. Um, and that might be something that you can work with. That might be a talent that you have. Um, you know, just looking at like what comes more, more naturally to you. Like if you have a lot of cancer in your chart, for example, like you might be much more of like a caretaker. Um, and you know, that's a really positive thing about cancer. Like, I feel like there's a lot of cancers out there that like either don't like being a cancer or they think that it's like really negative, but, um, you know, you guys are really good at holding space. And that's the thing. If you have any parts of your chart that you're like, I just, I don't like this or it's, uh, it's perceived as being a negative or a bad placement um I really just encourage people to sort of just try to focus on the positive things like even though like you know like I feel like water signs kind of like get this like bad rep for like not being as cool as like fire signs or something um but each of those signs have good and bad placements like water signs are so great at being like empathetic and holding space and being nurturing and caring for people um you know that's one of the things they're good at Whereas like, you know, fire signs, like, you know, I think some fire signs get frustrated because they're like, they have nothing to really ground themselves or keep them consistent. Um, but fire signs have this amazing ability to kind of like be people's cheerleaders. They hype people up. They're funny. They like to have fun. Um, they're generally pretty positive and like optimistic and they're just like fun people to be around and they get things done because fire is all about like action and movement. Um, so they're very like, you know, I'm going to go out I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it done. Um, and that's, that's a really good quality about, about the fire signs. So yeah, you can definitely find out about your talents and gifts. And again, this is like stuff that I always try to emphasize, um, when I do my natal chart readings, like I try to find like the, the strengths and weaknesses of people and I go over like how you can work with them and how you can, um, you know, appreciate them and how they play out in your chart. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. So that's the ninth thing. The 10th thing that you can learn that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is hidden enemies. Um, hidden enemies, or I think even open enemies, like that's actually something that pops up a lot in the natal chart. Um, hidden enemies tend to be more in like the 12th house. So whatever sign falls in your 12th house is where you can kind of see your hidden enemies. And then like more open enemies tend to be on your seventh house, which is again, your descendant. Um, so if you, if there are certain signs that you like don't really mesh with, I would look and see what sign is in your, um, your 12th or your 7th house and just see how that plays out for you. And just again, see what you can learn from it. Um, because there probably is some more shadow work or, um, just something you can learn, um, or at least be more wary of it. So, um, yeah, that's a really cool thing about, about the natal chart that I feel like a lot of people just don't touch on. Um, you know, I, I found that the parts of my chart where it shows enemies, um, definitely it tends to be pretty accurate. So if you're curious about that, if you're like, you know, why do I never get along with this sign or why do I always have a problem with this person? Like maybe take a look at their sun sign and like, take a look at, you know, whatever those house signs are in those houses for you and just, just see how it plays out. And again, like there's always something to learn and a way to grow from it. And I think that's really overall my favorite thing about the natal chart is that um, there's so much room for growth and like self-discovery 
and it helps cultivate this awareness. Um, you know, it, it shows places where, you know, you do really well and like also places where you might, fl- you know, fall flat. And um, I know that can be scary to look at, but 